1: Dominic Cruz
2: oh. on
1: fire.
2: Beautiful sequence from Cruz. Come together. That's where the power's at, baby. Let's go.
1: Dominic! The Dominator! Cruz! Oh! Chico oh. 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 oh.
3: That's what oh. he was looking for! Inside the cage, is my family or yours? And my family is more important to me. Marlon Chico!
2: unfiltered please tell
4: me that's on video i've never been happier i made for a fucking podcast <laughs> that's dangerous <laughs> listen to me we're out of here
2: welcome to ufc unfiltered we got dominic cruz coming in to start the show uh had a, a bit of a technical glitch starting, so uh, we're here now. Dominic is fighting Chido Vera Saturday night, um, the 13th of August at uh, Fight Night, Vera uh, versus Cruz. And that is on uh, Penchanga Arena in San Diego.
4: Dom, what's up, man? How are you doing? I don't want to say how you're feeling. I'm sure you're feeling fucking Fantastic. Yeah, I feel as good as you can feel cutting weight, as you know, Sarah. Sucks, doesn't it? The cutting weight? No, you should welcome. Don't you like what? This is something to at least pass time, no? But it's a shame that when you do it, you're probably in the worst mood possible. (laughs) Yeah, no. uh, The the bright side is you're so
5: like worried about your body. So worried about eating and drinking that you don't really think of anything else. So this takes you out of that. And then each thing, you know. So, yeah, thanks.
2: Over the years, has it gotten any easier or is it something that sucks equally each time you do it?
5: No matter what you do, when you take food and water away from your body, it sucks.
2: Yeah. Um, what's the closest you've come? Have you ever missed weight before? No. And have you ever come close to where you didn't think you were going to make it and you want to make it last minute? Uh,
5: my last fight, I wasn't close to not to thinking I wasn't going to make it. I was just close to thinking I wasn't going to make the time the time slot I knew I would make the wait but the time slot was it was uh, it was a, it was the closest call I've ever had I was like within 15 minutes
2: Wow. Is this is this this precise weight cutting, is this something that like fighters have always been good at doing, or in the last say 10 or 15 years, has it gotten much better? It's almost like with baseball stats, their ability to break every single thing down to every pitch, every run, every lefty, righty interaction. Has it been that way with weight cutting as well?
5: Yeah. You nailed it. It's exactly, it's exactly right. So now guys are cutting mass quantities of weight because they learned how, yeah
2: um you must feel good because i think this is your fourth fight since may of 2020 which is a little over two years it must feel good to be back i know you fought three times in 2016 but it's got to feel better to be back in a much more regular kind of regimen of fighting and and just you're back you know and and there's no long layoffs at this point
5: yeah exactly it's nice to piece camps together without having a null in between some sort of injury or Surgery or something like that. So yeah, it's like you got the snowball rolling, and it just gets to keep getting bigger.
4: Uh, Dom, this is out of this might be out of left field, but fuck, you know me. Uh, I'm looking at your. <laughs> you have some good. I'm not surprised. You have some. Your Hey, listen. Your last couple of wins have been great. Pedro Munoz when he fought um, Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley said after the first round. Now I, we we're not. I'm no Notre Dame's who. The fight ended the way it ended. So we don't know what would have happened or could have happened. But up to that point, O'Malley said, look, anybody that knows what they're talking about would have scored that first round to me because, you know, anytime he kicked me, it hurt him. And I I don't know. I don't know the logic in that. I don't, I don't know. It's like, you might, the guy might not be hurting you, but you're, what is your, what was your take on that fight? I just want to hear your take on that. Well,
5: You got to look at what O'Malley does uh, well in the sense of this, like talking to a camera, he's the, he's doing an outstanding job. So you got to give credit to him when he says that he now puts in the minds of the world who listens to him, which he has a, a big backing because the Nelt boys back him, which gets millions of views. Right? So the Nelt boys make him more heard than anybody else. So if he starts an agenda with what he says, people hear that. And then now he won the first round. I mean, look at him versus Vera. He said that he's undefeated. People don't even know that Vera beat him. It's so he has a smart way of using the camera just to, to get the, the idea out, whether it's true or not, doesn't matter. People listen to the internet for whatever reason, people don't pay attention to the facts anymore. They listen to the internet. So once you realize that he's adapted that and understood that, so he says, he says not necessarily what's factual. He says what works to get him through, and it's smart. You have to give credit to it. Um, but that fight went two rounds, and it wasn't, it wasn't like a barn fight. It wasn't super active. It was they were jockeying for position, so they needed the third round for me to even really say what the fight was. They went two rounds. It's like if anything, it would be a draw
2: you're a guy who's very very prepared and and you you always seem to really know what you're talking about based in research and uh a real experience does it drive you crazy that new idea of people ignoring facts uh and and how do you grapple with that Do, do you find that really irritating or have you found a way to not let it get to you
5: well the the key is to just understand that whether it doesn't really matter if it irritates me that it's beside the fact or if if it's wrong or right, it's just what's happening. So you get to deal with it and adapt. Um, O'Malley has adapted. He, you know, let's look at, let's look at any, any, um, uh, anybody who's, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? My brain's not working because of sugar. Um, any like Democrat or Republican, what's the word I'm looking for? Politician. Thank you. Any politician uses this idea very well. Once they say something, they whether it's true or not doesn't matter. It just gets said, and then it travels through the, through the courses, and then people believe it. So he's using this kind of tactic, the same thing Trump did, the same thing Biden's doing. I mean, all these guys use it, and he's just copying it, and it's smart. So you've got to use the same thing. That's it. So I'll use the same thing, and that's all you do.
2: You said something interesting, too, about uh, about Marlon Vera. And again, psychologically, I think you're a very aware person. You and I have talked in the past about depression and moods. And you seem to be very, very in touch with that stuff. And you seem to be good at seeing what other people's motives are. And you said that you think that he's wanting to be heard when he's saying certain things, because even after the the O'Malley thing, people are not noticing him, which I thought was a really interesting point. Um, Do you think that's frustrating him or how do you think that's affecting him?
5: It's a good question. He seems frustrated by it, but I don't know. I'm not going to speak for, for Vera. I'm sure if you brought him on the show, he w- I would say something and he would completely contradict it. That's how he's shown up so far. So it's like, I don't know what he's thinking. I'm not going to pretend to know what he's thinking. But the, from the results of his interviews, he seemed very angry and frustrated. That's all I can say. I don't I don't know why. And particularly with me, I don't know if he needs to have some sort of reason to dislike or hate the person he's fighting. Um, But when I've seen him in person, it's always been very cordial and normal, like seeing anybody else. So the interviews, I feel like when you put a camera and a microphone in front of his face, he says what he truly means um, and he seems angry, but I don't know why or where that comes from other than he's going to fight me. And because he's going to fight me, he can't like me or be nice, I guess. So if that's how he does things and he shows up at his best, who am I to judge that? You know?
4: Hey, there's people like you know this fight is like that. A hundred percent. A hundred percent whatever they gotta do mentally, and they don't want to get too close. And you, my friend, you're a huge feather in somebody's cap, man. You know that with everything that you've done, champ. So yeah. it's like you know, I probably wouldn't want to be friends with you either if I was yeah. thank, You know, you you well. know you're going to fight somebody like that. I don't know. I was always very cool with everybody, but when someone's in your division and you know you might go have, the, have your time in the, in the cage with them, I don't, you know, sometimes you don't want to get too close.
5: Yeah, uh, fine. I'm not trying to get close. I'm not trying to be his friend. No, I'm also not going
4: to... Not you personally.
5: Well, anybody. Like, I don't... I. It doesn't matter whether I understand it or not really, to be honest, but to me, why waste the energy talking, you know, talking like crazy when we're going to fight, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to try to kill him on that night. He's going to try to kill me. That's a fact, regardless of what's said before that or how we interact before that really means nothing. Um, But whatever, like, let
4: it, you know, Hey, I heard a rumor. I don't know, I, but I did hear a rumor that, that somebody said that uh, Frank Yeager was saying that he wanted to fight you as like a retirement fight at MSG. Is that true that he said that and that you said that you wouldn't say no to it? Is this not a little bird saying in my ear? Not that little bird. Not no, you. a different bird than a me. A different bird. Uh, he, did, he did
5: call me out. It's a smart business move. Like you just said, the feather in the cap thing, his last fight. We've got history uh, as champions around the same time. Yes. Um, I respect him. He respects me. We have never had, you know what I mean? So again, we've also never gotten really close because I feel like Frankie's always kind of known. I've always kind of had it in my head that could happen. Um, But I'm pretty focused on Vera right now. And that's it. You know, he took Frankie out. And so it's like, I would love to just beat Vera and then discuss all that after, you know? A hundred percent.
4: As a fighter, I feel like a dickhead even bringing him up. But you got to bring
2: Of course. Oh, <laughs> you said something interesting, too, about uh, Shamaya, that his future is going to kind of depend on who he associates himself with, who he trusts and who he listens to. And you handle your own affairs, which I think is really smart but when handling your own affairs sometimes management says things to the managers of a fighter or a comedian that they don't want the performer to hear do you ever hear things that you don't want to hear when you're negotiating with with like like things that they would say to a manager like well he's not this or he's not that like they would do that to get less money do you have to hear that shit now because there's no management buffer
5: well they can't really you know when you're talking to a shelby or a hunter to their face the lack of communication can't be there yeah. you're right there facing the person so that middleman is gone so whatever they're going to say they're going to say to my face now the one thing you can't do is sit in front of those guys and try to like toot your own horn you can't i did this i did that i got this many buys i got that many buys and that's where you know you got to have another person in the relationship which is eric del or something like that but they're very normal people like you and me you just got to be able to have a a realistic mindset and not have a lot of the big thing is not i deserve the big thing you can't say is i deserve because realistically you get everything you earn in this sport and that's it nothing more nothing less
2: plus when you're dealing with any type of an attorney and especially if you're talking about the technical side of things going back and forth well i I have this many or that many those are things they're probably pretty good at debating because again they're behind the scenes numbers people um Yeah. So I think you're right. That's probably something to stay away from because I think that's also something they debate probably very well.
5: Well, yeah, they know how to like bring up certain things to get under your skin if they want to, they know how to, you got to think there's, they don't have the real skin in the game because they're not fighting to the death on anybody. So the ego isn't really attached for them. They can just throw whatever they want. And I don't have anything to throw back at them because they're going to sit on the sidelines like this and nod their heads or, thumb down or thumb up that's that's their game you know like think gladiator thumb down thumb that's their job they sit on the outside and do that i have to go in there and put the skin in the game so it's it's a different thing but uh what i like about it is realistically in other organizations you can kind of get different sponsors you can renegotiate contracts fight by fight even maybe if you have enough pull um you have some leverage with certain organizations, depending on who you are and how your fights turn out. Like if I have some crazy burner fight of the year fight or some super knockout and you're in Bellator or PFL, maybe you can renegotiate something uh, if you have a good enough manager, but in the UFC, you're signed up at minimum four fight contract. So do I really need a manager collecting my money for four fights like when they already know what I'm going to be made, what, how much I'm making right off the bat. So really, I only need a manager to negotiate for one fight only. After that, also, the UFC dictates what sponsors we have. So what is this manager going to bring me sponsorship-wise? Unless they can tell me I can bring your brand, Dominic Cruz, sponsors separate from the UFC, but you can't wear it in the octagon, but I can bring you this, 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 and this, just to have because they like your social media or because they like who you are and you get this money, this monthly from these sponsors that only I know, now there's a a reason to sign with the manager. But if the manager's saying, I can bring you sponsors to get on the UFC octagon, well, the UFC dictates that, not the manager. And the UFC tells the manager what to do. The UFC tells the manager how many fights and how much money they're going to go up in a four-fight contract. You're only going to go up five grand. The manager could say, "Well, can we go up ten grand per fight?" Da da da, and the UFC can just say, "No, we've got so and so that will do it for a quarter." That why would they have that? They're the UFC, so they have a different level of uh, fighter that are willing to fight for cheap, and so they they always throw that. They can always throw that at you. So you have to. I'm just like, man, I might need a manager for one fight negotiation, for maybe a renegotiation of one new contract, but after that one conversation. I can have my conversations the rest of the time on my own
2: does it make it oh sorry matt does it make it awkward negotiating because you're such a a great career also as as an announcer so you have this this whole uh you know again very established career as an announcer is it awkward to negotiate uh either as that because you're a fighter or as a fighter because you have that
5: no you just have to uh listen to them and be willing to work with uh, not you know you just got to talk to them it's like any other conversation it's a relationship you
4: got to build a relationship when you when you uh when you walk away do you ever think uh, from the game do you ever think that you might come back and smack a youtuber or something on like you ever think you'll take apart one of those fucking uh crazy fights with a whether it's you know you, you got fucking great hands and footwork Maybe you get a YouTuber that thinks he's the next fucking Sugar Ray or something and wants to fight you. Would you ever think you'd take part in something like that? Or you think it'd be corny or your money? I would.
5: I would yeah, I would, I'll probably, I don't know. That's a good question. I would probably do it though. Like uh, it depends on who, who it was and stuff. One of the fights that I've said that I would be willing to have is that fight against Hans Molenkamp uh, for, for a charity match. Like he's, he's a- He's five times my size and he's throwing high kicks on people and he's throwing fighters on his page, pretending that he's best friends with them, but he'll only give monster sponsorships to the fighters that allow him to put them on his page. So it's like, there's a weird thing going on with him. So I would love to just, you know,
4: he's that guy for charity. Does he, and he smacks the drinks out of their hands and stuff to try to, now why why is boss. he doing that? Why is he doing that to get like his own, to, to, be- to try he to promoted-
5: He promotes his own brand. So like, let's say you want a sponsorship with Monster. He'll go, you got to have, uh, all right, cool. But I need you to wear, I got this brand Triumph United. I need you. I want to put that in the gym. Or I want you to, you know, he'll promote his own thing. And then if you do that, or if you go on his page and if you play nice, then he can get you the Monster sponsorship. But if you are like, hey, I'm with Monster, I don't need to, why do I need to do this for you? Then he cuts you, which is what's happened.
4: Oh man, so so you were friendly with him or did he try to make it more friendly? Well, we were friendly
5: and then he got started trying to pull these things. And I'm like, hey, I'm sponsored by Monster. I want to re- represent Monster. Monster's a great advocate for the sport. They do so much for mixed martial arts. Like I love Monster. Monster took care of me when I was, Broken and they stuck with me, you know? And then he initially got me walked into there, but then as he started being there, he started to say, I'm the reason why fighters are here. I'm this. I'm... And his ego got really big and he got a little bit out of whack. So I would love, you know, and you can see just from his page, and you'll see like all the fighters that are giving him love on there, it's because they want that sponsorship. It's, he buys the love. It's not real. Like he has control over who gets sponsored and who doesn't. So As a result, I'm just saying I think for charity it would be good. I I don't need money from it. Give it all to I don't let him pick the charity. I don't care. But he's a fighter, he's got a pro record, right? He's bragged about it. It's all over his page. He's got weight on me. It sounds like one that I would do. You asked me, that would be one that I would do outside of fighting when it's all done. No problem.
4: That sounds like you just want to put your hands on him. But that's hey, but for charity. It sounds like you just want to put your hands on him, but for charity, of course. Well I mean,
5: what who do you know? like when you fight, what do you do? Sorry? When you fight somebody, what do you do? Do you put your hands on them? Oh, do I
4: ever do ah, everything <laughs> to fight their fucking Achilles? Oh, Dominic. Dominic, I'll tell you. I love it. And you're you're such a you're so lucky that you get to still do it. Yeah. Don't you feel Dominic now that you're healthy? You've been in there broken. Now yeah, you, you never look better, man. Well, that kid you though uh, who's that? Uh, uh, yeah, you Pedro. Did you put that kid, Casey. Casey, right? Casey, Casey Kenny, yeah. Casey Kenny? that kid's a tough kid. Do you, you? You have the experience, and now you don't have a broken body. You feel reborn. Do you feel reborn?
5: <laughs> You're so good at this, man. I got. I'm not gonna lie, you do. I gotta, keep, you are, I gotta get. You say control. all the right things. You're, You're right. That's, I feel great. Um, I'm healthy. I've got the the. the the street going and you know it's a different perspective when you've been me as i know you know sarah with all the injuries like uh, i've had time to almost be retired and feel what that feels like i've had that time you know like all the layoff all the time in bed where all you can do is bend your leg 10 times and that's it so it feels so good to be on the other side of that and be grateful to be able to do this yeah
2: Dom, we have, to, uh, we have to wrap. We don't want to, but because they booked the show with, with the fighters so close together and we have a guest in between, we have to jump to our next guest. I hate it. I don't want to let you go because you're one of my favorite guys to interview. So can we come back to you after, after the fight or, or before your next fight? We love having you on.
5: Yeah, I love being with you guys too.
2: All right, like Dominic Cruz, happy. good luck on Saturday, man. I'm happy that you're healthy and I'm just we're thrilled that you're fighting again.
5: Thank you, guys. All right, bye. Right, good luck with the down. weight cut.
2: Talk to you soon, man. All right. How you doing, man?
1: Yo, what's happening?
2: <laughs> Apolog- apologize for the delay. We had started late because we had technical issues. and We just had Dominic Cruz, so we're sorry about that.
6: Don't worry about it. I, I have these uh difficulties every goddamn day, so I understand.
2: With with Zoom and the technology? Point.
6: Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Not, not so much with Dominic Cruz, but yeah, with Zoom and technology. <laughs> what's happening?
2: What is he... Uh, well, we're, uh, we know you're a fan of the UFC, which is nice. We love getting guests on who are fans of the sport as well. Sometimes they'll say, like, hey, so and so's a fan. And the guy will come on and he's watched UFC once in 2011. Um, so we're happy, guys. You said you love, uh, Rose, Poirier, and Cormier, which is an interesting three favorite fighters to have. Oh,
6: is it? Tell me yeah. why. I mean, I, I really, I, I, Olivera, I mean, I love them all. First of all, uh, let me give you some backstory. I was one of these uh, a-holes who would hold to the, oh, boxing's better than MMA, it's yeah. more pure, it's gold. But I had to let go of it because, uh, first of all, I'm a, I'm, I have a gambling, a crippling gambling addiction. And uh, <laughs> and the boxing, it doesn't offer you anything. Every, no. <laughs> every matchup is you have to lay $20 to win a dollar on the
5: favorite, you know?
6: And it speaks volumes what Dana White has done, you know, he's able to create yeah. fights and I get smaller gloves and everything else. And so you'll have matchups that are more of a coin flip and and that's more fun for, for a gambler. So I've let go of that boxing. I love boxing. I love boxing. Yeah. So that that's where I am. Was that, was that the same with you guys? Did you, was it a hard pivot? I mean, not, not with the, not so much. For uh, me, it was
2: easier to let boxing go. Uh, and the reason I said it was an interesting three favorite fighters, I, I think oh, it's yeah. really interesting, great choices, because Poirier is not he's a big name, but he's not a name that somebody outside of fighting knows to the extent that they know a Conor McGregor or mm-hmm. even a Sean O'Malley now. So I, I think that they're, they're just really good choices. And I uh, know I have no love for boxing anymore uh, because they after they made us wait so long for the original Tyson Holyfield, I never forget boxing. The judging yeah. sucks. I, I just I, I can't enjoy the sport anymore.
6: Yeah, I'm with you, and I was on hand. I I paid the extra ridiculous amount of money to to see Mayweather Pacquiao, and uh, my cousin yeah. Jimmy actually walked Pacquiao down to the ring, and it was cool. And then we're like, oh yeah, this is why this fight should have happened six years ago.
4: And uh, yeah, it's disgraceful. Well, how long, how long, cousin Sal, have you been watching the UFC?
6: Well, I'm, I'm in every card now. Is uh, probably for the last three or four years, the pandemic helped because nice. it was the only thing going on. Right. And so now, uh, because I have to get money down on, and especially during the summer, something other than terrible baseball, um, I'm watching, uh, I'm watching all the time. Yeah.
2: Now do you did a bit with, uh, with Nate on, uh, yeah. on Kim alive? What was, I never saw the bit. What was the bit? I think it's
6: got like 5 million views or something. It, it was called, um, uh, I think we called it what's up. So basically what we would have is we'd have, um, a tough guy we've done this with tyson too we'd have so it was nate diaz he was promoting his fight with connor and uh we haven't come out to the street actually we interview people on the street um about uh the upcoming fight and we try to get people say that oh nate is gonna get killed he sucks and say something derogatory about nate and right. then nate comes from behind and puts his hand on their shoulder right so you, you don't really find you just find like cartoon characters like a on Hollywood Boulevard, you're not really going to find the f- regular fight fans. So we kind of made it, uh, I forgot what the the hook was, but we got like people from local MMA gyms to come by to comment. And we made it like we were doing a regular news story. So these are all MMA junkies. And then when Nate was coming behind them, the idea is they're supposed to get terrified and piss their pants and be like, oh, we're sorry, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean to say that Connor's going to kick your ass and all this. But these dopes were so... There were such meatheads. They were like standing up to him and they were like, yeah, what are you going to do about it? I said, you suck. And he was like, yeah. well, he didn't know what to do. Like normally the reaction is he lays them out right there. Right. But he knows he's not supposed to like, if they, these guys should be crapping themselves running into traffic at this point. So Nate thought we sabotaged the bit and was then actually mad at us um, because he's untrusting of uh, TV. And I, I don't blame him because after three or four of these, it was like, hey, what the hell's going on here? So um, it took a while to unravel him and eventually we all got pictures. And like I said, it, it got a lot of views on uh, YouTube.
2: Yeah, it's one of those things where, where, and also being that fighters are in Nate's world, they look at him the way I would look at a comic or somebody. You got to get somebody who like has no interaction with fighters. Right. Because they all know that even though Nate could probably kick their ass, there's a camera running So they, 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 then Nate's just going to have to kick my ass on camera. Like you have to go down swinging. You can't just, cause then you got to go back to your gym and on camera, you've been completely humiliated. Yeah. And
6: also a lot of them would wear it as a badge of honor. If they they woke up from their hospital bed, but yeah, it was, it was really frustrating on our end too, because we weren't getting the desired reaction, but especially him. He was, he was a lunatic and very upset with us. I think he had had a, a bad experience on Conan too, where he was, Actually, sabotage, but this, uh, yeah, that was interesting for us. But we all made friends.
4: Now, Sal, now let me ask you. Now, are you you're a comedy writer? Is that what you do for Jimmy uh, Kimmel?
6: Yeah, I do uh, hidden camera bits, and I uh, was comedy writer. I walked away from the day to day of it because now I have a sports gambling talk show on on Fox uh, every day. But yeah, I do I do hidden camera. You know what's what's interesting? Go ahead. I don't know if you had a follow up, but you know I did a hidden oh. camera with um judo gene labelle who we lost this oh he just died yeah i don't know if you guys talked about it yet but uh that guy was a hero i mean go go check out his fight i mean he really does have i think he has the earliest footage of uh basically the the birth of mma he fights Miles savage um and like in the in the 50s or 60s, i forget when it was but it's on youtube check it out he beats him and i was friends, good friends with rowdy roddy piper and he considered judo gene his father he didn't really know his father and uh, I've done hidden camera bits with Judo Gene. It's, he's just a legend, legendary stuntman. His uh, parents were promoters at the uh, LA uh, Olympic Auditorium, so he's got a, a long history. And he made Steven Seagal crap his pants. I don't know if you guys know about this. I did
2: not one. know that. I know he wasn't he George Reeves' uh, stunt guy on the original yeah. Superman. Oh yeah, what, what, all of them. Yeah. What, what did he do with um, Steven Seagal?
6: Stephen, he and Steven, Steven Segal were in a, a movie. I think he was supposed to be one of the guys Stephen Segal was uh, uh, just throwing around. And you know, Judo Gene um, famously like represented the U.S. and uh, the judo team and everything. And Stephen Seagal like kind of called him out and said like You can't choke me out. You wouldn't be able to." And he actually went behind them. The story has it, legend has it, and choked him out. And to a point where the wardrobe came back and said. He actually crapped his pants. We had to have a change of clothes. Uh, wow! Look it up. Yeah, it's legendary. And uh, Steven Seagal, of course, denies it. But um, uh, there were enough people on hand who uh, corroborate the story.
4: Hey, a, a little thing on Gene LaBelle and what kind yeah. of bad, um, what kind of badass he was. Yeah. And I've got I got a picture of him biting my ear somewhere or something when I seen him. And <laughs> the fact that he knew who I was when I was went up to him, because so I was very respectful. Right. Uh, what mean, meant the world to me as a fighter. You know, because I really looked up to the guy. So, but when the Gracie's broke on this on the um they broke on the scene, listen to this, Jimmy, in the nineties, the mid-90s. Uh yeah, 93 was the first UFC. So mm-hmm. they put a challenge out through like Black Belt magazine. And it was to a list of martial artists. I forgot I don't know who's exactly on the list, but I do know that Gene LaBelle was the name on there. And this mm. was put out there from Horian Gracie, okay. So, Judo G. LaBelle answered back and just – he was just brilliant the way he did it. He goes, oh, it was a crazy challenge, you know. And they were looking for legit martial arts to go in the UFC to challenge them because Hoyce was going through people. Mm. So, he goes, hey, I accept. I accept the challenge. But since, you know, that you guys are my kid's age, I want to fight the old man. He wanted to fight Elio. He wanted to fight the – dude. it was – Nice. Awesome. You can look this up. This is legit. So <laughs> – and Elio at the time was probably like 70 or something. So it was, but it was just a big he goes, look, I considered Horian a friend of mine, uh, through acting. I think they knew each other through stunt work or whatever. Right. Goes, so to put my name on that list of guys that try to promote your jujitsu is fucking all right, I accept, but I want your old man. Dude, it was fucking phenomenal. <laughs> uh, you know, I probably never heard this story before, but it's got I I remember it as a kid. And um I'm a Gracie guy. Hanzo Gracie's my instructor.
5: Yeah,
4: I'm the first American black man under Enzo Gracie. I carry that flag. But fucking judo Gene LaBelle was saying, hey, fuck everybody. <laughs> it was So So he was an icon. He was legit. And like you said, when he fought that guy Savage, the guy mm-hmm. who was a boxer, he had a gi on. Mm-hmm. And if I remember correctly, he had a gi on, right? Yep. And he'd be, yep. taking, he'd be taking him down with his judo. And that was way before the first UFC in 1990. Oh, yeah. So much respect to the legend, Judo Gene LaBelle, because my father used to show me VHS tapes on the stuff he would do and uh, his instructionals. And he was funny. A girl would come in, he'd be like, oh, I'm a leg man. Oh, no, he's hysterical. And he gets <laughs> really smacked. funny. The girl would smack him or clothesline him. Or something. He <laughs> was so great. Jimmy, he yeah. was so great. He was I great. know.
2: You know, I, and you took judo too, didn't you Sal?
4: I did. I took, I went to
6: Oswego, up, upstate New York college. And, oh yeah. Uh, it was I think I, there, you you, I think I bombed
2: there actually. What'd you do? I think I bombed there. I've done so many gigs in colleges. I think I bombed <laughs> in Oswego. <laughs>
6: well, I, you know, um, yeah, it's it's not the uh, sense of humor. Yeah. I, I could see the townspeople maybe not enjoying your style, but that's on them, not you. But yeah, you know, back then, like they'd have ropes for women to walk the class because the wind was so strong and it was almost always snowing. So I took a, a self-defense course judo. I actually took because you had to learn how to fall because everyone was slipping all over the ice, all over the place. You had to, you know, tuck your tuck your elbows, tuck your chin, and, and slap the ice. And you, you know, by the way, this came in handy three or four times a year. So I took it for that, and then I ended up getting a, a brown belt. It became it's easier because I was a high school wrestler, and if you go from wrestling to judo it's a natural uh, pivot, but uh, yeah, I liked it. I liked it very much. And then it's so funny with judo gene. He has a dojo here in um, near the Burbank. And uh, I made the mistake of going down there one day and just got my, just got wiped up, but he was pretty hardcore too. He would be, there was one, there were two women uh, fighting it out and it was an arm bar and uh, she chicken winged it. And the one girl wouldn't give up. And the one on top that had the chicken wing looked at Gino Joe and he's like, Judo, G- judo, uh, Jeans like break it, and she broke it, and uh, you really. Ha- I know it was like scary to see. I was like, all right, I don't think I'm coming back here anymore. I'll, I'll tell stories on podcasts about how I was a brown belt in judo, and that's enough for
4: me. <laughs> I like how you started your judo career because you wanted to learn how to break fall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're like I want to <laughs> learn how. To- Usually, people are like, yo, I want to learn how to fight. I want to learn to throw somebody. Like, yo, it's pretty slippery. I want to learn how to fall. <laughs> Maybe I should take, take one dough. Maybe I should look like that's fucking funny.
6: It's different I, different form of self-preservation, but yeah, it's really just to, to not fall.
2: And and Sal, you made me laugh. Um, and we have to we have to run in a minute we have Cheeto yeah. Vera coming in, but I wanted to it made me really laugh. you have a crippling uh gambling addiction. Uh, uh, do you yeah. do you still gamble? And uh yeah. who are you taking uh against Cruz uh Cheeto Vera this Saturday?
6: Uh I like Vera, you know, I'm going uh I might go uh the second round knockout. I like taking the odds on some of these things. I get killed with the over unders. Anytime I take an over, it, it, it's over in, in in a minute and a half. So I want to hear your thoughts on it. But uh, yeah, I it's it's a bad addiction, and I, I seem to get stuck. Uh, I, I and give me a winner, please. I'm I'm really bad. In the last couple. I of
2: honestly, we we we. I, there'll be some weeks where I pick four out of five, and then I'll go mm. a month where I'm zero and fifteen it's so hard. And I'm also one of those saps who bets with his heart. Like right. we don't, I don't gamble for money. Cause again, I, I just, I'm too fucking compulsive. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 tend to pick people I like more, even though I don't like to admit that I do that it's hard for me to side against a guy I like. So I'm a terrible gambler. I'm, I'm terrible at it because I, I will always bet with kind of my heart instead of what right. I think is really going to happen. Have you done that? Have you, have you fucked up or have you bet against somebody you really liked in one money?
6: Yeah, it's like you know, I I bet against Cormier again with the what was it, like the second Stepe. He lost twice to Stepe, right? Uh, I think won, won what, once and lost twice. What uh yeah. So I did I they fight three the times? Time. I, I thought, thought they thought fought they twice.
2: Did. Maybe you're right. Yeah.
6: Did they? He knocked him out. I know he knocked him out with that you know, short punch. Yeah. Yeah, he did actually. Stepe Stepe beat him twice, but that, that okay. was it. So it was the second the second of the trilogy. I bet Stepe, and I love Cormier. I mean, I've uh, at Fox, I've sat next to him and uh it, it's amazing seeing this monstrous uh presence and he's getting makeup applied to, right next to me uh, some idiot uh but yeah so that's a, sometimes you have to go against it it's a, it depends how much money you need at the time right but it's it's all it's all opinion-based betting and it ends up in the toilet
2: uh yeah it really does uh well how often are you on Kimmel too I mean uh you're really a fun guy and obviously you're very funny so does he have you oh, on is it weekly or
6: is there no real schedule to it? Yeah, there's no real schedule. Every couple of weeks, I'm going out there to shoot hidden cameras right now. I'm going to be like a COVID police officer in Brooklyn in, in preparation of their week uh, long stay in Brooklyn at the end of September. Oh, okay. So so that's hidden camera. I don't know. I, I feel like uh, people have less patience for hidden cameras now. So I might actually take a, a right cross to the jaw. Uh, at some <laughs> I do worry about it. <laughs>
2: hey, fuck it. As long as the cameras are rolling, that's all that matters. It's worth that's it if right. the cameras are rolling.
6: <laughs> exactly exactly right
2: <laughs> all right Salachito just jumped into the waiting room uh thank you for being patient with us today Go we to just it. had some technical uh we'd love to talk to you again you're obviously a, a big fan of the sport and a really entertaining guy so uh please come back on with us again all right
6: thanks for having me fellas it was a lot of fun
0: the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed
4: Yo, he called Peter Yan a fat cunt.
2: I dude, it made me laugh for an hour.
3: Hey, don't you say those <laughs> words on fucking online? That's Rude. What? What's that? What? That is Rude saying the, the the C word. You don't say those things online. Did you
4: let me ask you something. Marlon, I like your your kango hat. Yeah. I like that. Listen, it's a bucket hat. Yeah, bucket hat. Uh wait a minute. I just read. Earmuffs if anybody's kids are around, okay.
3: You call Peter Yan a fat cunt. Fat cunt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just like how That's it sounds sounds great, huh? Because yeah. he was eating pizza in Italy. Oh, I
4: want to eat pizza in Italy.
3: Oh, me too. It's fine. We don't want to fucking eat anything, but I'm a okay. fucking professional and I I, I, ju- I just do it right because he just it's better to do it right. Um yeah. let's just go. Into it since we start with the Falcon. You know, they call us on a Wednesday, like two months ago. Oh. Hey, Mr. Vera, this is Sean Shelby. You wanna fight Peter yard in Boston August 13? Sure. I asked my coach, yeah, yeah, cool, let's do it. And then they called him and you know, he just didn't have the time to make the wait or prepare because he was on a, he was on vacation. But then I asked myself that morning before the UFC called us to offer us a fight. He said he will kick my ass and he basically called me out. Okay. So I was like, how you call somebody out and then you say, yes, I want to fight you, but not this day. I want to fight you differently. If I go online, I say I call anyone out. That means I fight you today. But, yep. Got a point,
4: Jimmy. Guess, yep.
2: And you've also, uh, oh, sorry, Marlon, I would say you, you've been very, very, uh, you're vocal about how healthy you eat and you always kind of stay in some kind of shape. So you, you, you're you always kind of ready to go, aren't yeah. you? Uh,
3: yeah, but I, isn't that my job? Isn't that my job to be in shape? It's not my job to go to the gym every day. Like fighters just get weird with these kind of thing like i'm a rock star so i kind of like i only train for camps or i only train what they told me you might be fighting i'm like that was never the case like <laughs> um, you know you know you signed up for being a pro fighter and your dream is to be in the ufc it's a full-time job like just because we got a bigger social media than a guy that works at fucking amazon doesn't mean you don't show up every day like don't these 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 kids get a twist. They think they're cool. They, they they think they can do shit. I'm like, it's a fucking cage fight. You gotta be ready for this shit. It's not cool. At the end of the day, it's a it's a fucking fist fight. It is. It's a cage fight.
4: And you, listen, some people are made for this, Marlon. You're fucking made for this. Your last few fights are amazing. Uh, Rob Font, Rob the Rob Font fight. You kept getting. It wasn't that he was fighting bad but you were just besting him and, and you, you just refused to, to, to back down an inch and you were getting better and better as the fight was going on. It was fucking crazy. And then you took out a legend in Frankie Edgar. And now, I mean, you, you know, you got another legend in front of you. There's it a little extra something. Cause you know, like Frankie Edgar was a huge feather in your cap, like Dominic Cruz is a former champion and he's just, you know, obviously he's so well-known. Is it, even though you're so prepared for everybody, is it a little more knowing how big this guy's name is?
3: Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, you can you can drink wine, right? But you can have a $10 bottle or you can have a fucking thing that's been sitting down for years and it's going to be sweet in your fucking mouth. So, these guys are, are just better names to be. They're just, and it's not that I'm only looking for them, they come to me, they offer me those fights. I'm like, I take them. Like I, and then I like to keep it real. It's not about like, I'm finding a specific style. I fight anybody just because that's the only way I'm going to become a world champion. I avoid no fucking body. If there's a guy in the top 10, nobody knows about it, that it's a, he had a shitty personality, but he's just a good fighter. I call him out too. So it, I don't jump nobody. And I think that's why I, I'm getting these big fights just because they know I'm not the guy running away from the boxer or the wrestler or the grappler. I fight anybody because I know how to fight. I'm a good fighter. I'm well-rounded. I don't have an issue with any style. And I got the most important thing, and it's lungs, heart, brain, and balls.
1: Yes.
2: And what do you what do you think with Cruz cuz Cruz again is such a a legendary career so far. What do you think is the most dangerous aspect of him at this point in his career?
3: Honestly, it's almost like since he he's he's already been in the top. He's already been there. It's almost like he's the one that got nothing else to lose because he's already been there. I'm the one that I want to be there one day. I'm the one that I want to touch that bell one day. So for me, it's like, it's almost like I have to kick his ass. He don't have to kick my ass. He's just taking this fight just because he wants to stay in the game, which his reasons, his wise doesn't matter to me. But I'm on my way up. I need to beat this guy. I need to kick his ass. That's why I prepare Why I prepare. And it's still a hard fight. Like, you don't get any easier. Like, it doesn't matter if the guy is a little older. He's he's coming off two wins against a prospect and a guy that's been in the, in the, in the rankings forever. So it's not going to be any easier than any other fight. And, you know, he has his own style. He moves a lot. And I just, I just know one thing. I worked so hard for this moment that I'm not, I'm not worried. I'm not tripping. I'm worried as, as for the fight because it's a fucking fight. No one is, no one wake up, is like, yeah, it's day. You know it's a fucking fight, it's real. Yeah. But I know, looking back, I did everything in, impossible to win this fight. So I'm okay with myself and, and I'm happy with, with the work we did, my team, myself, and everybody around me. Well, I mean, listen, I'm
4: excited for you. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, we really enjoy watching you fight and you're like, you're so close, you're right there. Dom's a great opponent. I want your thoughts, not on yourself yet with them, but like, you know, TJ Dillashaw is fighting Aljo for the for the uh, for the for the belt. What
3: you, what you, what's your thoughts on that fight? On the on who, who's oh, going to be the victor in that one? That's a that's a great fight, and it's a hard fight for both guys. Like, style wise, TJ, you know, he will come, throw bombs, throw a lot of kicks. Like TJ comes to fight in the other side, you know, I have the opinion he's a great athlete and he he has a phenomenal wrestling, and he finds a way to grab you down and and, and play his game and get you tired. I don't see him much as a guy that is, like, is willing to die to be in there. But even even if I think he's on a real fight, he's a better athlete, it doesn't matter. He can still kick in your ass just because the athlete is big for the division. He's bigger than most of us. And he got the wrestling advantage. He goes in there. So it's a tricky fight. Like, I say this. If T.J. can defend the takedowns and don't get hold in any position and he's able to touch him during the fight, I say T.J. will take it. But I'll grab anybody and hold him for round after round. He will dominate. So it's a, it's a tricky fight. It's whoever... It's whoever comes on top first and can, and is able to maintain the position.
2: And, wh- and what do you think also of uh pure and Sean O'Malley? You said something interesting about O'Malley already has an insurance uh, in place. What do you think about that fight? Is that too big of a jump for O'Malley up to pure Jan?
3: It's not really. Like, I'm like, you still have a bunch of chance at any moment. so anything can happen, you know, it's, it's honestly, to me, it's like, it's a mile it's gonna get on, on Jan's head. Like how strong is, how mentally strong is Jan? Because I'm a person that, I don't give two fucks what you're saying. I'm like, sure, whatever. Oh yeah, he said your mom is a con. Cool, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I, don't, I really, worse, doesn't matter to me. Like you, you will really, really have to do something physically to somebody I love to make it personal. But, I, but them is, like, that's not fighting anymore. Like, I'm actually trying to hurt you for real. I'm not in the cage. I, I'm going to find you. But that will never happen in MMA. I'm talking about, like, is Janice going to be able to, like, be okay with all the show? And, like, you know, these, a, a bunch of these weird kids that follow Miley, text him DMs and be like, oh, we will kill you. I'm like, nah. I think that's nothing because that's that's just a little bubble, fake world some people live on. But Jan is just—he's well skilled. It's—he uh, got experience. He fought good names. He fought hard fights. In the other side of Miley got all the skill in the world. Like he's the only one thinking everybody thinks he sucks. I don't think he sucks. I don't think nobody that made it to the UFC sucks. There's levels to it. He got the skill. He just haven't shown it. He only have two fights that he was supposed to show something he got knocked the fuck out on one and in the other one he eye poked the guy so maybe it's not his fault but it's still not in his favor so he haven't shown anything yet all the skill in the world but just his skills you haven't showed yet
2: you and um, man i think you would agree too you and Cruz are very similar in the fact that you both have a very practical way of looking at fighting Uh, Neither one of you guys seems to be be, uh, thrown by other people's emotions Or other people's behavior You guys both seem to have a very level headspace Going into a fight uh, And not easily Distracted by things that an opponent would do
3: Um, I just just don't get When they call it a beef I'm like two guys started talking shit in a mic to each other like, yes, I'm going to kill you. Yes, I'm going to fuck you up. And then the crowd is like, ooh. I'm like, that's fucking pretty weak. That's kind of like, is that fucking real? Like if if those two guys are in a fucking alley, are they going to fight till somebody kill each other? I don't know. Like if I see my opponent in the lobby, which I did yesterday, I'm okay with that. I'm just like, hey, sure, you're right there. But if you give me an excuse, if you give me a weird energy, if you try to bump your chest, I can guarantee you we're fighting. But if you use a man and you see me pass by, no one say nothing, I don't say nothing, I'm okay with that. I'm not a punk. I'm not, like, running around town, like, being like, where is, where, where is he? Where is him? Oh, I'm going to kill. I don't do that. That's for free. Mm. But you cross you cross a minimal line, I'm going to do it. So I'm like, I just, it's fighting, dude. I'm, you want to put him in a cage with another man. I need my energy to be there. If the guy's talking shit and trying to get advantage, I'm like, sure, good luck with that. <laughs>
4: You're not getting in that head. No. If no. You do get in that head. You might not like what you find, Jimmy. Underneath <laughs> I mean, that bucket helmet, look at him. He's getting ready for the cage. He, the only time I uh, see him smiling more is when he's fighting. Yeah. Uh, so happy. Marlon,
2: good luck on Saturday. Uh, this is a great fight, uh, and again, there's so many good fights in that division. Besides, uh, there's is fighting Jose. I mean, there's some really, really great fights uh, in bantamweight, and this is one of them.
3: It's a it's a good time to be a bantamweight. You got Mirab and Jose coming up next week. You have fucking Sanhagen and Sonja Dong. You have Tit uh, right. fighting Starling, me and Cruz, Omar is fighting Jan like. Honestly, any winner of these fights can fight for the belt next. It's, it's just who does it in a better fashion and who just does it better. Like it's all about performance. Like, and I'm excited about it. You know, it's it's, it's good to be a bantamweight to today because you beat any of those guys I named right now. You can become a world champion.
2: Well, Marlon, good luck on Saturday. This is a great main event. Uh, you against Cruz and uh, prelims are 4.30 Eastern and the main is 7 p.m. Eastern at Pechanga Arena in San Diego. And we'll talk to you again. Uh, it's always such a pleasure to watch you fight and have you on. So good luck on Saturday, man. And thanks for coming with us again, okay?
3: Yeah, appreciate you. All right, Marlon.
2: All right, great Marlon Vera. Thanks, buddy. This is a great main event. Um... And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, they really do remind me of each other. As far as neither one of these guys falls for any bullshit. Yeah, man. You're not gonna get either, either you guys. Are both they're both unflappable.
4: Dude, I, I flap a
2: lot. Listen, Jimmy. I didn't even wait. Your audio cut out. I didn't even hear what you said.
4: I flap a lot. <laughs> I lied. I heard you. Well, I,
2: I know you heard <laughs> everything. You're,
4: the, you're a bully, Jimmy. Jimmy, today. It's been six weeks and a day, and uh, I taught the uh, afternoon class today over at Sarah B.J.J. Huntington. I taught the class. I- oh,
2: great. I- How's your leg? You feeling all right?
4: Oh, it's still, uh, still in one piece, and I felt good. It felt good being on the mat. I'll put on Instagram what I did. I did a, a couple things, but, it, dude, it's just, Jimmy, it's a lifestyle. It's what I do. I like making good people dangerous, Jimmy. It's all I know how to do.
2: Well, I'm going to start training. I'm doing, uh, I wanted to ask you too before we go. What? I, I'm getting a minor surgery in, in a couple of weeks um, in my sinuses, uh, a little th- something so I can breathe better and then hopefully use my machine and get some more energy and a couple I thought
4: of things. What was that other thing you were doing?
2: What? The, uh, the implant for my testicles where you go and your dick goes big? No.
4: No. Yeah, the cock enlargement. Yes, that one.
2: Um, no, no, no. I, I just, I only fuck people that have small hands. So it just looks bigger.
4: <laughs> that, that could work too.
2: When you went under anesthesia, because I, I could do it with a local, but I don't want to be awake for that. Uh, Go under,
4: man. Go under.
2: You, you come right out. Did you get sick when you came out? Did I you did a
4: little bit. Puked? I did puke a little bit, but it's all water so you don't have nothing in you. no, right. Like that. It's not nasty. It's not like chunks of fire. Right. You know, you got a clear thing. So this time I did have a little bit of that, I guess, because it's harder. Dude, I'm looking forward to getting the other knee done. That's how good I'm. Dude, I'm walking around, Jimmy. I can walk with you to Penn Station now. It's not. It's not a problem.
2: Oh, you can walk around. I didn't. I'm I'm, I'm, dude, okay, good. I'm,
4: I'm fucking walking. I'm walking. You're
2: happy you did it.
4: I'm already happy I did it, dude. Like I said, I'm already teaching shit. You know, uh, it, it's good. I thought I'd be like, oh my god, I'm gonna be. Don't get me wrong. I'm not on my knees. I'm not. But I mean, I am. Like today, I was on my. I was escaping the, somebody on the back with the hooks. I was escaping getting into the half guard Showing how to take the back I mean, and it feels good Good, And it's only going to get better So uh, I'm going to be fucking, you know I got, I, I, I'm happy with my titanium knee so far
2: <laughs> um, Alright, good buddy Well, yeah. listen Let's uh, Vera, Dominic Cruz this Saturday night And thank you very much To the great Dominic Cruz To Marlon Vera And to Cousin Sal, who is very entertaining I wish we had more time with each guest They were all so good today um, I'm looking forward to uh, watching these fights. Jimmy. Yes, sir.
4: Rest in peace, Chudo Jean LaBelle. Yep. Uh, and Leandro Lowe, another I, – I, I didn't want to destroy his name. He's a young jiu-jitsu guy.
2: Yeah, he was an eight-time world champion. Uh, I almost asked no, Hoyce about I mean, him, but I – what's that yeah.
4: – you heard about that? Oh, yeah,
2: of course. He was, it was, they were in a club, a nightclub, and they said it was a cop who shot him. And the guy, like, grabbed something off of uh, Leandro's table, a bottle. And I guess that Leandro, sub, like, uh, subdued him and held him. And then when he got up, the guy pulled out a gun and shot him. So I don't know if there was anything else to it or if the other guy was drunk. I mean, I just don't know the details. But yeah, it's tragic.
4: It's, it's, it is tragic because, you know, you hear how great the guy was. Yeah. You know, you know, be careful out there, people. Yeah. Listen, but uh, the fights this weekend, I'm looking forward to that.
2: Me too, buddy. Have
4: you plugged your stuff now? What would
2: you do? Uh, tonight, a one-hour fat black pussycat. And uh, this weekend, Friday, Saturday, I will be in Rochester and the 22nd of August, two days before my surgery, in Long Island, New York. One show.
4: When is that, the Long Island one?
2: August 22nd.
4: Dude, I might be away. Though. I might be at the same day as my Rob's fight.
2: No, it's a Saturday. I'm sorry. It's a Monday. It's a Monday. The
4: Monday. Yeah. Jimmy, can I come to your show? Of course. Where is it at? It's
2: of in course. Long Island, at the Beach Club in Long Beach.
4: In Long Beach. So, so you're saying I'm gonna be, I'm gonna go there and get some special treatment. Of course. Yeah. Well, you think it's at Will Call.
2: Yeah, I'll that's pretty. We, we're
4: gonna, we're gonna talk about that. Maybe I'll go there with my wife. Is that? Cool? That would be nice. That's so. I'm so looking forward to that, Jimmy. Good. Buddy. Uh, also in Long Island, Sarah BJJ, Huntington, Long Island, SarahBJJ.com. I'm always there. I'm going there now. Jimmy, I love you. I'll see I'll talk to you soon.
2: I love you, sweetie. See you soon.
4: (laughs) You don't have to throw in, sweetie.
2: I have to. (laughs) Bye. All right, my baby. Bye bye.
0: netcredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day loans offered by netcredit or lending partner banks and serviced by netcredit application subject to review and approval learn more at netcredit.com partner netcredit credit to the people the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble